stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. It's Zach sitting in for Rob Breckenridge. Good afternoon. Uh, we had the conversation earlier on about baby it's cold outside, and we had the impact of all of those all of those things. Is it crazy? Is it not crazy? What's the impact of all this? And I wanted to bring in somebody who could uh, really lend some expert uh, impact on songs and the impact of songs over the course of time. And that is a gentleman by the name of Alan Cross. And if you're not familiar with Alan's stuff, it's remarkable. There is a level of music geek here that is like DNA driven with Alan. And um, so much so, actually, can you describe, Alan, where you are right now? Just like, what do you see in front of you? Oh, uh, what do I, I see a, a traffic jam of cars because I'm trying to get out of a marketplace on a tiny Caribbean island uh, so I can get home and make our dinner reservations. I, I'm on vacation, but I am always on call for Global Radio. Oh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate that one. Um, Alan Cross, you may have heard it, whether it's uh, just in passing, the ongoing history of new music. It's a project you've been on forever, and it's uh, it's so incredibly deep. And uh, let's just start, you know, with what it is, and baby, it's cold outside. I mean, are you uh, seeing an impact on this? Well, here is my thing. This would not have been any sort of news whatsoever if a Cleveland radio station that had flipped to an all-Christmas format had not so imperiously and uh, declared their wokeness by declaring that they were not going to play this song that was originally written in 1944 by a guy named Frank Posner. Um, Frank and his wife wrote it as a fun, flirty, call-and-answer thing about wintertime, not Christmas, about wintertime, and they wrote it because they wanted to make their friends laugh when they went to parties. So the song has been covered again and again and again over the last uh, 70-some years. And occasionally, some people have pointed to the lyrics and said, you know, this is a bit creepy. And in 2018, a bit rapey in the way, if you look at the words on paper, it does seem like the, uh, the dude in the song is somewhat predatory. Uh, but in the end, the woman holds her own and decides that she is going to stay of her own volition. So she makes the uh, she makes the the call. Uh, there is a little line in there about, hey, what's in this drink? Uh, let's remember, 1944, we didn't have roofies. Um, but that was sort of a, a coy sort of thing back then, where you know people said, hey, how much are you putting in my drink? What are you trying to do? Yeah. So my whole thing with this is. It's, a, it's not a great song. <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about it if this Cleveland radio station hadn't made a big deal about it. And we also have to be very careful about looking at older songs through contemporary eyes. Society does evolve. Well, before you get to that, I'm going to add one thing, Alan, is that the one of the best parts, I think, that speaks to the song is that some artists that proclaim that they are quite feminist in, in their lives have released this song. Yes. And if you look online, you'll find a number of women who have written defenses of this song. Uh, and again, they most of them point to the context in which the song is supposed to be taken. Again, 1944, the woman is being... Uh, the man is trying to convince the woman to stay over because it's cold outside. It's not that he's necessarily being... 
the, the, the whole thing about it is this woman would spend the night at the place of a man to whom she is not married. That was the big scandalous part of the song. And now we're looking at it as, as something kind of rapey and creepy. Um, but again, the feminists who have written in defense of the song say, look, at the woman is, has, listen, she, she's made up her own mind. She is in charge of her own sexuality. This is what she chooses to do. She is not in any way, shape, or form inebriated or otherwise incapacitated when she does make her decision, so back off. Uh, that sounds an awful lot like mansplaining, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sorry if it is. It, it's just this it's this whole debate, it's just not worth it. If radio stations had a problem with this song, what they simply should have done is quietly removed it from the playlist. Nobody, I guarantee you, nobody would have noticed it, and we could have gone about our business without uh, dragging a whole lot of people into this mess. Should we release the uh, the radio, the big radio secret, Alan, about programmers and music programmers? The uh, and this is this is true. This is very true, and Alan will attest to this. Yes, that the biggest secret of music programmers is when in doubt, just leave it out, and nobody will know. That's exactly it. And what we have to remember too is that a lot of these radio stations that are flipping to all Christmas music uh, are adult contemporary stations, soft pop radio stations. They are the very paragon of unoffensiveness. They do not, they want to be family friendly. They want to be, you know, all inclusive. They do not in any way, shape or form want to risk their losing their audience by being in any way controversial or offensive. So uh, one complaint one letter, one email, one phone call is enough for these people to go, oh, okay, well, that's, that makes sense. We don't let that. You bring up a good point. Let's, uh, people could be offended. Uh, let's just quietly remove it and not make a big deal of it. Because when you announce that you're doing this, it, it comes across a little bit sanctimonious. And you, you, you um, also risk the backlash. Uh, for example, there was a station in Denver who said, okay, well, we're playing the song. And put the vote, put it to a vote of their audience, and ninety-six percent of them said, "Yeah, yeah, play the song." Yeah, six percent said no. Yeah, I mean that's you'll get six. You'll get more than six percent people that say they just don't like the song, (laughs) right? Period. I mean, music research is is what it is. I mean, those numbers they they don't lie. Now, you said, Alan, about the um, the lens looking through uh, today's lens on a song that is so old, and we have seen this before. We've seen this with Dire Straits. Um. The language inside the song, through that lens, was not okay today. So how's that different? Well, that was a a different... That was a complaint uh, sent to the uh, Canadian Broadcast Standards Council uh, opposing or objecting to a a slur uh, for gay people. Yeah, and it's Money for Nothing was a song, if people aren't familiar. Money for Nothing. And this was considered to be uh, a bit over the top because... The song is, and we're seeing this now with Fairy Tale of New York from folks uh, with the same word. Uh, the the word is used by a character in order to paint a picture of the character's distasteful, um, well, distasteful character, and it's 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 therefore a reason. It's not gratuitous. It's not meant to be offensive. It is to point paint a picture of one of the of of the narrative of the, of the central character who is actually telling the story in the song. And we're seeing the same sort of thing with, with the folks in Fairy Tale of New York. It's, uh, that, that's an annual debate that comes up uh, every, every single year. So that's one thing. There are other songs that haven't aged so, so well, and we kind of maybe cringe. 
I, I look at the Ringo Starr, who had a big hit in the early 70s, uh, and it's called You're 16. The chorus goes, You're 16, You're Beautiful, and You're Mine. Uh, Ringo Starr is still on tour, and he's 78 years old, and he's still singing that song. Mm-hmm. So that's a, bit, that's a bit cringy. Well, it's one um, of those things where maybe it's just time to let it go. Maybe it's time to let it go. We can get a little bit more snowflakey with uh, Alice Cooper in Schools Out. I mean, we've had a terrible string of, of school shootings since Columbine. Uh, schools Out Forever, school's been blown to pieces. I mean, if a song like that were to come out today, a lot of people would you know, find it a little insensitive. Um, then there are other times where social conditions or political conditions make it difficult to play a song. After 9-11, for example, Peter, Paul, and Mary's Leaving on a Jet Plane was... You've never heard that on the radio for a year. That was one that was just just take it off. It's it, it's a it, it was a triggering song for a lot of people. Uh, I remember after Hurricane Katrina, some radio stations got into uh, some trouble for being insensitive because they were playing "New Orleans Is Sinking" by the Tragically Hip. So, you know, these things are, are fluid. They change. They come. They go. Uh, sometimes they're forgiven. Sometimes they're not. It's the power of declarations, a remarkable thing. A couple songs to throw your way. Um, Under My Thumb, Rolling Stones has the line, Squirming Dog, uh, and that's directly oh, referred to uh, sure. a woman. Rolling Stones are bad. I mean, we, you know, Brown Sugar. Brown Sugar is uh, another one. About, uh, you know, a slave woman. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Tammy Wynette has the song, Stand By Your Man, which uh, I'll just read you the quote because I realize that not everybody's rocking the Tammy Wynette. Um uh, you'll do. You'll have bad times, and he'll have good times doing things that you don't understand. But if you love him, you'll forgive him, even though he's hard to understand. I mean, some some of those those are just the let it goes, right? Yeah. Or I'll give you one. Uh, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. That's yeah. all about body shaming. Uh, what about people with rosacea? My God, that could trigger them. <laughs> the uh, Mungo Jerry was yeah. one that we brought up today. Um, oh, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. In the summertime, Mungo Jerry. Have a drink, have a drive. Go out and see what you find. If her daddy's rich, take her out for a meal. If her daddy's poor, just do what you feel. Yes. That song's still in commercials. Uh, it, it is, and, you know, you can, you can you know, uh, contextualize that in any way you want. And if you, if you look at it, see, a lot of these things are, are, are heavily sexualized today because that's what we, that's what we're conditioned to do. <laughs> and the Mungo Jerry one is like, yeah, okay, so if she's poor, that means she's white trash and you can do what you want. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there, I, I bet you if you went online and you uh, entered songs that are cringeworthy today, you would find a very long list of very popular songs that would never... Uh, pass the sniff test today yeah don't um i'm pretty sure that don't pass the sniff test today somehow is inappropriate uh don't stand so close to me the police hot for teacher van halen fat bottom girls hot child in the city nick gilder um island girl elton john china girl david bowie the list goes on and on and on there's a lot of songs i think that i think that i agree with you alan um with the the lens we've got to keep in mind the lens and we all get to make a decision whether it's appropriate or not although i gotta ask you really think that baby it's cold outside's a bad song I've never liked it, but that's my personal um, opinion. Really? I think it's great. If you groove to it during this time of year, go right ahead. Groove to it? No. Really? Wonderful. Well, back to life in the Caribbean for you. Uh, Yes. I I do have reservations uh, in 45 minutes, so I'm afraid I have to go. Okay, wonderful. Alan Cross, thank you so much for your time, sir, even though you're away on vacation. I appreciate the insight Uh, and the depth uh, to which you speak about music. Thank you, sir. Again, I'm always on call for you. Thanks, buddy. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.